when you're, when you're coming in as a Christian, if you don't have this quality, you have to just get at it. You have to start controlling your thoughts and emotions. Second one that is you must be able to see in the future something other than what you experienced in the past. So if you, you may have this kind of this person, this, uh, this uh, uh, you know, in our world, sorry, I'm blah, 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 blah. In our world, we make clubs out of everything, right? So if, even if you're the weirdest bird on the street, we have a club for you to join other weird people like you. So that's how our world has kind of developed. So we have these things people call realists. And that's a, that's a club. And that's actually, you know, some people will say, you know, because we talk a little bit about, let's say, are you talking to me about walking by faith and all that kind of stuff? So I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm a realist. All that means is, is that you have, can only see the things you've already seen. Right. And you've had to have seen it before. I, I'll believe it when I see it. And so those are realist people. But if you're a realist person, that's okay. That, you know, you can still come here. But you have to be able to get out of that. Because what God is trying to do, he's trying to show you something in your future other than what you've experienced in the past. And if you go, oh, that can't happen, okay. Because you're the boss. You're the switch. If you say it can't happen, it can't happen. If Jesus would have said, you can't walk on water, then he could never have walked on water. He had to believe he could walk on water. Just see. So you have to be able to see something in the future other than what you've experienced in the past. The third thing that you have to be able to do is you have to be able to trust. You've heard about that, really, Pastor Tina and different people that have been singing about so The trusting, uh, this ability to trust is an enormous, uh, enormously important concept. I say, oh, I trust easily. No, you don't. I can tell you right now that North American people are not very trusting people. They, they're, they be, what happens to us is we become very wounded by other people. So I count on Mike, and Mike says he's going to buy me coffee in the morning, and he shows up and doesn't have any money. So I learn when Jason shows up and says he'll buy me coffee, yeah, I'll bring my own money. Because yeah. I've learned from Mike that I can't trust Jason. Now, nothing about Mike means I can or can't trust Jason. I just learned that I can't, right? It was a funny thing. I was playing with Olivia. As many of you may know, I have, you know, Mike and Jess have given me my first grandbaby, which is Olivia, uh, my baby girl. And so I'm playing with her the other day, and I'm standing her. She doesn't know how to walk yet. She's only uh, five months, 17 days, and six hours, and 19 minutes old. <laughs> not that we're counting, but the, I put her on the, the, the bed, bed there, and I'm playing with her, and there's a big, huge, this big, fluffy pillow in the back, and I let her go, and she plops backwards against this pillow and laughs because she knows she can trust it's not that, and I haven't right. proved to her that, I can, that she can trust that I'm not going to make her head hit the ground. Right. She just naturally trusts. Yeah. We're naturally trusting people. We've had to learn to not trust people. The Bible says that if we don't trust people, let me, let, this, is, this, is, this is not a very complex point, but we have to get this point. Yeah. If, I don't, if I don't have the circuitry to trust another person, when I try to trust God, I don't have that circuitry. It's not like I can not trust people and I can trust God. Because the circuitry that I'm using to do either one of those is identical, identical circuitry. So I might have come into this world being able to trust people and God. Then people betray me. And now that I can't trust people, now I can't trust God. Because I've busted up my circuitry. Do you see that? But trusting God 
is an essential part about being, uh, being successful as a Christian. If God says go forward and you say no, comes back tomorrow, go forward, no. Go forward, no. Go forward, no. Go forward, no. 30 years later, where are you? Exactly the same spot that you were when you started. And the person who started with you, who can trust, God says go forward. They go, okay, 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 okay. And you're going, like, God, does, God doesn't love me. It's just because you couldn't trust. Trust is an essential component to this. I mean, let, 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 let me spend a little bit of time in my notes. That, that'll make me feel better. So listen, Galatians says this. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't lose heart. You know, we have this, we have this terminology in the business world, checks in the mail. How many, how many of you know that term? You know what they mean? They mean, trust me. You come, do the work for me, I'll put the check in the mail. That's what God's asking us to do. He says, just keep doing good. Then don't worry, check's in the mail. You got to trust God that the check's in the mail. Because you're not going to, he's not going to, she's not going to be standing there. He'll give, here's your hundred bucks, now do good. God doesn't do it like that. Listen to some more. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand first, see second. What does that require? Trust. Deuteronomy, if you, Abraham, Abraham, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord and be careful to do all his commandments that I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you on high. So what do you do? You trust today, obey today, and then checks in the mail somewhere in the future. You know, God's going to show up. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Psalm 37, the steps of a, of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, which means when you do the things God asks you to do, yes. though you may fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord will uphold you. That's one of those, you know, haven't you been to those, those trust your, your fellow worker plans, you know? You stand here and say, okay, now I'm going to fall down. That's what God's asking you to do. What does that require from us? That requires that we trust our coworkers who are going to catch us. It's not going to be, you know, if I had my boys up here, I'd, I don't think I'd fall back. They would think it would be cute to see me fall on the ground. Okay, let's see if we can raise them from the dead now. That takes trust. Do you see what God's asking us to do? If we can't do that, and I can almost promise you that as we talk about this, you don't. Because our culture, can I tell you something? You know, I, I spent the first, how old am I? I'm 50-something or other, 54, 5, 6, something like that. So I didn't really get, 1961, what year is it? I'm 56. Don't I look good for 56? Anybody want to share that with me? Alex, at least. I'll pay you. I'll pay you to share that with me. Listen, so I didn't even get serious about the Lord, really, until I was 28, 1988. October 88. And so I spent the first half of my year, like uh, my life as bi- in business and, and all that kind of things. You know, I, it's like I tell people, I said, it was a shark tank. But that's okay, because I was a shark. And so it's okay that I swim in a shark tank because I'm a shark. Yeah. And I know the rules are even. My job is to beat you. Your job is to beat me. I'm not mad at you if you beat me. I just get up the next day and see if I can beat you. Right. That's how the world works. I'm just going to do what's right by me. You do what's right by you, and let's see who wins. Isn't that how the world works? Yes. I could trust easier 
in that environment because I was a shark in a tank with sharks. And so I know how sharks work. You know, I watched, uh, what's that movie, um, uh, Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean? They had this great line in the Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. They said, uh, they go, it, it, they do what's right by them. That was the pirate's code 400 years ago. Now, it's the rule by which we, our culture operates. We're a culture of pirates. Selah. So you wonder why you have a trust problem. If you have a trust problem, it's because you live with pirates. Arr, matey. So how does this work exactly? Well, this is how, what happens is, let me, uh, let me uh, I'm stay with my notes because I'm going to try and go somewhere today. Alex, be merciful to me on that thing. What, what trust means is we have to be able to confidently keep moving forward. That's what it means to be trusting. So if somebody says something, you know, if you do certain things, just keep going. And when you keep going, you're going to get there. So if I tell you, you know, if you go under the QEW right here and you just keep going north, you're going to run into Toronto. And when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Don't, just don't stop. If you stop and pull over on the side of the road, you aren't ever going to get to Toronto. It is there, but you won't ever get there. Why? Because you stopped. What trust does is trust keeps going. Even when it looks like there's no Toronto in sight, you just keep going. Why? Because somebody told you that this is the road to Toronto. So you just keep going. What's, uh, what so many people do, Christians are like, ah, for this. That God tells them to do something, and then Monday at noon, they're not doing it anymore. Why? Because God didn't do season me yet. Do season can be a long time from now. Right. You have to keep going. Yes. And trust looks like I keep going. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, here, this is my, to trust, to continually move forward when all you have is his word. That's all you have. Can you do that? When everything around you looks like it's collapsing, can you still move confidently forward? That's what it means. That's that faithfully obey. Can you faithfully obey? Like, like Moses. Remember when Moses was his back to the Red Sea and his face to Pharaoh's army? Remember that scene? Uh, uh, Charlton Heston thing? That was actually a real story. Uh, Charlton Heston was an actor. I don't know if you know. So he's backed into the corner. And God says, you know, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. Are you kidding me? I'm going to fight or swim, one of the two. Stand still. Okay. Now, Lord, when are we there yet? When are we there yet? When are we there? Stand still. What does that require? Trust. I had Danielle the other day. <laughs> I love God's just so good to me with stories, and I get to tell them about other people every now and again, and Danielle gets to be today. So we're putting the boat in the water the other day down in the Queenston docks. <laughs> <laughs> and so Alex's job is to uh, unhook the boat. Danielle's job is to hold the rope so that it pulls against the dock when we're taking off the trailer. My job is to drive the trailer up to where it gets parked. So then I do that, and all of a sudden, as I'm just making sure this first time Danielle's ever done this, and so, uh, uh, that I know about, you may be super skilled at nautical things, but the, the, so anyways, I walk up there, and all of a sudden, this, how many of you know what I saw in the water? How many of you see those little big, huge sucker water snakes that we have down in the lower river? Ever seen one of those face to face? Completely benign, but they don't look it. And so then I say to Danielle, just stand right here, but don't worry about the snake that's like two feet underneath you swimming under the dock. 
you know, I, and I took the boat, I took the truck up, and I put it back and come back down. Sure enough, that boat, I thought the boat was going to be down in Nargan Lake somewhere because Danielle's just gone. <laughs> but she trusted. I said, don't worry, it's, it's nothing harmful. And she could just stand there and hold the boat, even though she had knew that right underneath her, probably like six inches underneath her feet, was, uh, was one of these big, you know, big fierce rattler snake. No, it wasn't. It was just a water snake. What was I talking about? Just continue going. You can continue doing what you're doing. Stand still. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. So less people will be at the boat dock. That's the good part about this uh, story. Trust is one of the can I say trust is one of the hardest things to rebuild. Can I tell you that? <clears throat> the way we understand God to be is all is like fiercely designed to destroy any possible trust we would have in God. Religion does that. There's two kinds of people's relationships to God in a season of emergency when they call out to God. Can I tell you that one person is the person who serves God all their life just so that when the emergency comes, I got him on speed dial. And God's going to swoop in and save me from this problem that I've got myself into or that has shown up at my door. The problem is God doesn't work like that. And so they do this. They serve him religiously out of duty and fear, really, trying to make sure they have the right friends just in case they get into a certain problem. And then they call on their friend when they get into that problem, and God doesn't show up, apparently. Now, he didn't say he was going to show up, but they get mad at him and learn not to trust him because they had the wrong relationship with him. God says that he'll come and speak to your mountain. Is that what the Bible says? No. What did he say? You speak to it. Don't tell God about your problem. Tell your problem about your God. But if we do it wrong, then we learn, wait a minute, I'm here waiting on God and God didn't show up. How about next time what's going to happen? I'm going to trust him how much? Just a little bit less than I trusted him before. How about the other group of people? The other group of people live like the devil but they think God is merciful, so then when they get into trouble, now they run through the, church, the, the doors of the church in order to get God to be merciful to them, and in their heart, he isn't merciful to them. The problem still happens. Now what, did that, what about that person? That person didn't trust God before, and now he trusts him even less now. Even when I call to God, I mean, why would he answer? You haven't done anything for him or worked with him at all. You don't even know who the guy is. But supposedly he's supposed to be some Jiminy Cricket when you have a problem and run in and solve your problem. Now, God did run in. When you ask God for mercy, can I tell you something? He gives it to you every single time. But can I tell you something? The answer in that situation is very rarely the one you want. Sometimes, you know, God helped me with my business. He did. He let you go bankrupt. And now you can get on with your life because that was a really dumb idea. But sometimes we don't see it like that. How do we see it? God, you, you, you weren't there for me. I was there for you and you weren't there for me. I'm never going to ask you for anything ever again. That's what we do, right? We learned to not trust God. Even though God answered. But can I say? Both times. 
Right? When, go, when you went to go, you serve God, and then you try to get something of God, God comes back to you and says, you know what you should do? You know, I got this financial problem, God. Preacher shows up on Sunday and says, you should tithe. You should, I'm not going to tithe. It's God, God, can you solve this financial problem for me? Preacher shows up again and says, you should tithe. Don't, you don't. And it's a financial problem. Please, God, help me. See, he sent the preacher to tell you how to solve the problem. The problem is you didn't want the answer. Because God doesn't solve your problems for you. He shows you how to solve them. But we're not used to using God like that. We're not used to having this enormous resource of the spirit of truth that will guide us into the truth who lives on the inside of us and goes everywhere with us. We just want Santa Claus to come and solve our problems for us. But then what happens to us is that we stop trusting him. And so you have a whole bunch of Christians who gather together and everybody doesn't trust God. They just trust themselves. And it doesn't work. You can't move forward in the kingdom of God if you don't trust the God of the kingdom. It doesn't work like that. You have to obey him. You have to do all of those scriptures and realize, and then just stay in the game. If you just faint not, if you just don't lose heart, you will reap. The, 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 The benefit is going to be there because, not because God is choosing whether the benefit is there or not. I remember somebody came up to me recently and said, you know, if I, I've been so faithful, I've been so faithful, when's God going to be faithful to me? Can I tell you something? God isn't going to be faithful to you. Your faithfulness is a seed. You planted it in the ground. It's going to grow up and produce faithfulness fruit. It just works like that. I don't say, oh, thank God, my grass is growing It's just so amazing. I put these little tiny little things and then God came himself and blessed my ground and the grass came up. No, that's how grass seed works. Now, of course, God created creation and he made it to work like that, seed time and harvest in every possible dimension of every possible thing. But God's not actively making my grass grow. Wow, that got quiet, eh? Well, what is God actively doing? Nothing. Okay, we just have to, sometimes we have to take a moment with this. Because some people come to church because they think God is moving and doing something, and they want to be him moving and doing something for them. That's not how it works. God has created creation. It works 100% of the time with such unbelievable accuracy that we can measure the, the movement, the mechanism of creation down to the quantum level and it works exactly right. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, can I give you an idea? Do you mind? This is that really good one from yesterday. Should I, should I move on? Can I give it? Really? 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 I'm not going to do it because I'm... So here's what, here's what, see, 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 yeah, somebody take it. So Mike says the other day, yesterday we were having breakfast, Alex's birthday last week, we had breakfast yesterday morning. Uh, Sunset Grill, by the way, great place. The, because um, he has come up with this idea, he says what we should do is we've got we to gotta come up with a new idea for funerals. Because the world is changing from a very mournful type of funeral season to we're celebratory, man. We're coming into the place where, you know what, this is a great time. It's promotional. So he came up with this idea that we should figure out how to launch people into space. Like that's their funeral. I think that would be cool, right? Like your body would never decay. Was it Jason's idea? Come on, Jason. Come on. Sorry, sorry. Right. Right, that was, it was a combo. You guys are working. It's like that think tank kind of environment that I was in, right? And so there's, 
there's, um, uh, why, was I, why was I saying that? Oh, you, because here's what we can do. We can, uh, uh, we can, I said, because you know, <laughs> maybe I should have gone down this road. <laughs> okay, so then the idea keeps developing through breakfast, and they said, well, this is kind of, you can use this as a, what do they refer to that as? Um, cremation. We can shoot you through the sun. Wouldn't that be cool? And so you have this funeral where we, sh- we, we, we shoot your casket towards the sun, and then sort of like 200 million years from now, you are, you are cremated, like the real way, like Superman way. Can I, say, can I tell you why I told you that crazy foolish story? Because we can do that. I can, set, I can calculate where Jupiter is going to be 600,000 years from now, and I can shoot you in a casket so that as Jupiter comes around in its orbit, and I shoot you this way, and then as you go this way, and Jupiter comes this way, I'll get you to land right on Jupiter within 50 feet of where you were supposed to be. Do you know we can do that? Do you know why we can do that? Because creation works with infinitesimal levels of accuracy. So we don't have to worry about whether your faithfulness is going to be returned to you. Now, I, and I, and can I tell you something? It may not be returned in your lifetime, and you shouldn't care about that. Do you know why? Because sooner or later, I'm going to sow a seed that God doesn't even have the possibility of returning to me because I'm going to be dead a second later. And I'm going to go, God, you didn't return that seed to me. He says, dude, I had no time. But he will return it to you. Who will get it? Why are we worried about that? Are we so selfish and self-absorbed as Christians that I've got to get all of my harvest in my life? No. So we can confidently go forward. Don't worry. That seed is going to come up. You can trust God if you just faint not. And Olivia might get it or Olivia's kids or Olivia's kids' kids or whatever. Somebody's going to get that blessing that I sowed the seed for. If I just don't lose, I don't even have to worry about it. It's not even possible that the seed's not going to come up. The world can't not do it. See, we don't look like that. We go, oh, it's Monday at noon, God. Where's my tithe? Liz? Liz? Pay no attention to that young woman on the altar. This is the problem with religion. This is why religion is messing with everybody is because in the end of the day, religious people don't trust God. They've learned not to trust him. Instead, if you get the right idea and you realize the joker that's not trustable is you. God and creation have never changed. Never. Creation has worked the way creation worked from the very day that God created it, and it works exactly that way and always will, forever and ever. God never changes, not even a shadow. You don't even think about God thinking about changing. He just never does, ever. And so we can trust a guy. How many of you know you can trust someone like that? I mean, as long as he said he was going to do it, you know, don't trust him if you're mad at your neighbor. Don't trust God to kill your neighbor because he didn't say he was going to kill your neighbor. But if he said he was going to do something, he's absolutely going to do it. Yes. It's almost dumb to think, no, God's not going to do that. He lied. Can I tell you God cannot lie? Do you know how you know, how you know God can't lie? Because if God said there was a three-headed snake crawling up your leg, would he be lying? 
Why not? Because if he said there was a three-headed snake crawling up your leg, as soon as he said it, there would be one. Wouldn't there? Let there be light. Remember that, that uh, bit? And so God never lies. Ever. We can always, always, always trust him. Look how cool this page is, Liz. Look how cool that page is. You should let me preach this page. <laughs> the, the, the ability to trust God is directly visible in your ability to trust other people. Directly, directly, directly. How do you trust other people after people have let you down? How do you do that? Can I tell you, trustworthy people are the most precious commodity in the kingdom of God. If I don't trust you, how will I ever learn to trust you? Let me take it even further. If somebody hurts you because they're being a pirate and selfish, and you learn from them then that I also have to be a pirate and selfish, which means I don't trust them because actually means I'm not trustable. You see that? Because you, you said that person can't be trusted because they're a pirate, so I'm going to become a pirate. Does that make sense to anybody? It makes sense to an, a huge group of people. Can I tell you? Everybody that you know. Instead, what I have to do is that I have to then say, even though I can't trust you, I am still going to remain a trusting person. Think about this for a moment. That's not an easy thing to do. Even though I think I can't trust God, what I'm going to do is show up again tomorrow and trust him just like I trusted him right before I face planted yesterday. I'm going to keep showing up and trusting and trusting and trusting and trusting and trusting. How the heck do you do that? Can I tell you a very simple model? This is what, this is what I do. I probably shouldn't tell you what I do. But... Let me switch glasses so that I can read my notes and get this done before Liz gets really loud. Okay, so this is, a, this is the trust model that I use. One, I start out trusting people. Uh, you can say here, I give them some rope. How many of you know where this is going? Now, this person can do one of two things with this rope. One, they can climb higher. Two, they can hang themselves. What do I do here? I give them more rope. What I do here? No, I cut them down and give them back what's left of their rope. Now they've used a whole bunch of that rope to tie the knot that they hung themselves with. That's gone. Now they have less rope. That's what I do. Now, so why is this different? You say, while well, you're testing people. I'm not testing people, I'm proving them. That's different. Testing people assumes that I don't trust you. Proving people means I do trust you and I want you to prove to me that I can trust you more. I take the initial risk. This, I give them rope 
means that I take a risk of getting of loss and harm. Like, let me give you an example. There's, if you have children here, there's adults in the children's area over there watching your children. That can be very problematic. How many of you know? If those people are not trustworthy, they could be, you know, selling your children out the back door, making some money, which they aren't. Just calm down, moms. But you, I have to be able to. I have to be able to trust those people. You do, which eventually is me. It's the reputation of this ministry, and that happens here, 350 times a week. People can t- right now. Mike was saying to me, you know, uh, he has all the passwords to all of our social media. So if he wanted to take a rip at me, he can blast out to the whole wide world all his ripping comments if he wanted to, because he's got all the passwords. A whole bunch of people here have all the passwords. If they get mad at me one day, this has already happened, you know, somebody got mad at me and whatever, and so they started, when we would have the stream going out, they would start putting, don't listen to this guy, he's Satan, and all these kind of things, would flashing over the screen. I gotta take, but you know what? I didn't take everybody's passwords away the next day and stop trusting people. I just shortened that guy's rope. I took his password away. Or her, let's say it was her. Can I tell you? Now, even if, even if God, if I gave God some rope and God parenthetically hung himself, I didn't stop trusting God. I just had to go, I got to back up here. I got to, okay, God, something's up here because this sure seems like you're messing up like serious here. And, but I didn't, but I, I don't stop trusting him. I just, shorten the rope okay now let's start at this point and start growing because that person who got their rope cut can always get more rope all they have to do is don't hang yourself with this piece now now people can I tell you something people hang themselves continually over and over and over and over and over and over over, until they got no rope left and then they blame me because I don't trust people I do trust people (laughs) I, I didn't give you two inches of rope that was you. Do you see what happened here? Because they just, it's like automatic. I'm just going to walk into a church and I'm going to trust everybody that's there. Well, you could trust them to a certain level. They love God, but they may not be real good to trust. Right? We used to do this when we were, would hire people in our business. You know, you, you have an interview with this person and I would make sure there's a tuning on the floor right where they're going to sit. And then after the interview, I go out and I wander around and I do these kind of things to see if they'll take the tuning. If they take the toonie, I don't give them the passwords to, I don't, you know, to the bank account. Because just like they took the toonie, they're going to take everything else. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time, you, you know, you're, you never know the test you're taking. Because if you knew the test you were taking, you'd leave the toonie there. Because you really want the bank account, so you'd play the game with me. But I saw that. But this is how we have to, I, and I'm not a cynical person. You're not, you're not being cynical in this process. All you're doing is you're remaining a trusting person even though people around you may or may not be trustworthy. Do you see what the problem is here? And then the same thing I can do so that I'm always building my trust. I always have people around me all the time who are, who are, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm sure Tommy Reed is testing me on things that I don't even know he's testing me on. 
This is how you do it if you're going to learn to trust people. If you're going to have people who come into the inner, the closer you get, the closer you get, the closer you get, the closer you get, the more I have to trust you. The more, like I tell people, like, you know, the leadership staff here, I say, you're walking up behind me on the ladder. You don't, when you walk behind somebody on the ladder, you don't get to see the best parts. So you have to trust. I remember when I, when I changed my hairdo, I, if you look at the old pictures, I used to do like Alex. Like, see how his hair goes straight back like that? And my foreheads got so big, they were almost coming around and joining them back in the middle again. And so I, so I, now I comb my hair forward. I know that there's no, I know you know that I'm hiding a big forehead underneath this hair. I, I have no delusion that you haven't figured that out. But I remember there was a person who had to go tell everybody when I did that, that that's what I was doing. It's like you go in and say, hey, dude, I know why you wear deodorant. It's because you smell. That's, that's, that's kind of, everybody knows that. But when you get around people and all they want to do is ridicule you and cut you down, yeah, that they, 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 they hung themselves on the rope you gave them. Just by coming in and be, be, talk to me for a while, and it's got to be this cut you off at the knees, cut you off at the knees, cut you off. I'm going to be bigger than you and taller than you and stronger than you. Okay, that's okay that you want to be like that, but... You have to know that you're going to stay at arm's reach. And next time I change my hairdo, I'm not going to ask you if you know why. <laughs> Do you understand the problem? We have to learn the mechanism of trusting people. Because if I can learn to trust people, the real thing that's going on is that I'm learning to trust God. And when I can learn, really, I would say this about, I'm just enjoying this music now. It's just part of my, part of my preaching time. So when Pastor Tina, you know, I could never tell you why, you know, we have a beautiful family, beautiful children. This ministry is awesome. You're all phenomenal. We just live like the best life of anybody ever that I've ever met for the whole, my whole life. That's us. And I'd say, you know, God has been so faithful, you know, as we're singing today, you know, I can't stand it. This is the, our anthem of this place that, he is a great God. And I can't, even as I'm saying that to you now, I can feel those emotions coming again. I'm just, I can't tell you how good God has been to me and my family. It's just, it's just every day something great is happening. I can't tell you what the beginning of that was. We just decided 30 years ago, we just weren't ever going to disobey God. You know, he said to tithe, we started tithing. I tell my kids that I was fasting. I wasn't fasting. I couldn't afford enough food for everybody, so I didn't eat. But I didn't want them to know that, so I told them I was fasting. But I wasn't going to disobey God. And we were like, ask my friends, we were like nuts. If we found something out, we just did it. But that, unbeknownst to us, was teaching us how to trust God. And let me tell you, I had a lot of reasons why I could tell you I shouldn't have trusted God. Because it sure looked to me like if he's all, all powerful, he's screwing up uh, big time. And I just stayed. And I, no glory to me here, because I mean, I was quitting every day. But I just, I, ref, I knew the Bible was true. What can I say? Where can I go from here? I'm like Paul, I'm like Peter. Where would I go? I know this book is real. I couldn't leave. I couldn't stay, but I couldn't leave. But in the midst of that, it's just this, what, somehow, miraculously, God does this thing 
where he just teaches us we can trust him. Put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, I'm so sorry for ever mistrusting you. I know you are faithful with a capital F. It's what you are. It's not what you do. You are faithful. The full embodiment of what it means to be faithful, to be trustable. So Heavenly Father, I declare to you today that I am so sorry forever mistrusting you, forever shaking my fist at you, forever thinking that you were the problem. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to wipe all that stuff out of my heart. And Heavenly Father, where other people's non-trustability has affected me, where their selfishness and their decision-making has made me selfish and messed with my decision-making. Lord, I ask your forgiveness for all that. How did I ever think becoming a pirate was gonna help me with other pirates? That's just not the way it works. So sorry, Lord. So Holy Spirit, I'm gonna need you to rebuild some stuff in my heart. I'm gonna need you to teach me how to trust how to be one of those people that no matter what, my objective is that I want to be a trustworthy person. In Jesus' name.